0: Welcome to Dr. Thoughts, a smart, driven, and fabulous podcast by
1: Drs. Ryan LaValle
0: and Kalia Johnson,
1: where sometimes it's about occupation
0: and sometimes it's just sassy. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Dr. Thoughts. It's everybody's favorite academic mama, Dr. Kalia Johnson, with I'm going to say my favorite academic. Classroom accomplice, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Ryan Lavallee. And we have probably our favorite academic mentor with us today, Dr. Nancy Bagatelle. So, what's up, Nancy? Hey there,
2: Colleen and Ryan. <laughs> nice to see you. Leah, you thank changed you.
1: our intro a little bit. I, I'm so glad I'm your favorite instead of everybody's favorite. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh you know what i didn't even realize i said that but listen the the interwebs know you are everybody's favorite (laughs) classroom accomplice that is for sure
1: i'm your favorite but (laughs) yeah you're you're my favorite i'm truly looking for
0: (laughs) nancy's also my favorite everybody look look everybody at UNC is my favorite that's right (laughs) (laughs) somebody's got to hear that and go like uh wait a minute now but uh, no i have lots of favorites so yeah you're you're all my number one
1: yeah we are very excited to have dr nancy bagatelle both of our technically both of our bosses but also (laughs) uh, um but also our, our wonderful mentor and chair of our division here at unc um she has walked with us through the journey of actually students and becoming faculty. Mm -hmm. Um, She was both of our professors as well as now a colleague in the division. Um, And she's given us lots of mentorship um, in a variety of different ways. But we thought um, it would be nice to talk a little bit about feedback and either giving or receiving that. Um, But first, as you heard, uh, we'd like to talk about everybody's favorite and I know that Kalia sort of just gave you a title, but I wonder <laughs> if you have a title that you would give yourself that you're sort of everybody's favorite what?
3: Well, I won't say boss because I don't like the word <laughs> boss, but um, I haven't come up with a better term. So maybe I'll just go with that. Everybody's favorite boss. Oh, I
1: like that. I, <laughs> I
3: love it, it is, and it's true. It is yeah.
1: true. true. <laughs> Absolutely, I think you should own it. You, you're uh, just a boss.
3: <laughs> nobody's boss. That's the thing. Is uh, but you could
1: be a boss.
3: <laughs> I guess.
1: Okay. I'm a boss.
3: <laughs> That's right. That's right. And actually, I think you came up with a good nickname the other day, Ryan. Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. We we'll we'll save that one for our um, inside division yes. jokes. But. Uh... <laughs> But yeah, so today we wanna to talk a little bit about feedback and um, different places we receive feedback. I know that as uh, you know, faculty members and academics, we, we have lots of evaluations that we receive either from students or from other colleagues or from practitioners when we're doing um, sort of community education events or conferences and, and we get to hear lots of what people think of us. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, people have different opinions and we have to manage those. Um, And so we're also talking about how to give that feedback, you know, in a way that's respectful as a mentor or as a a colleague who's doing a peer review or those sorts of things. Um, And we have both received wonderful feedback from Nancy. (laughs) I don't know how much we've given Nancy feedback. (laughs) but um, So we thought we would bring her on and see what she was thinking um, about this particular topic. But first, Nancy, will you tell us just a little bit about yourself and sort of how you got to this position, what your background is and what your areas of expertise are?
3: Sure. Yeah. So I am currently um, associate professor at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and the division director um, in the division of occupational science and occupational therapy. And I guess it's been about five years since I've been in that position. And I've been at UNC almost nine years. So prior to that, I was on the faculty at Winnipeg University and the University of Southern California, and before that at Shenandoah University. So I've had the opportunity to be at four very different types of universities, um, and in all of those positions, have um, been the recipient of and the giver of feedback. Um, So, um, and prior to that, I was. worked mainly with people with developmental disabilities and, and largely people with autism. Um, but I was the director of the Center for Neurodevelopmental Studies, which was a nonprofit organization. And I think that was the first time that I had to, um, you know, as, as the director, give, give direct feedback to, to um, the staff there. So um, it's been an evolution, both in, again, in terms of both giving and receiving feedback. In addition to my academic uh, roles. I am uh, a mother and a sister and a pet owner and a gardener. Uh, So I think I have lots of different identities that are important as well.
1: Yeah, you were just telling us about that mothering role.
3: (laughs) I was. I I was sharing a story with them about talking about doing this um, podcast uh, with my 19-year-old daughter. Um, And her response was, Oh, I don't know if you should do it. I don't. I don't know that you're the right person to do something like that. So I questioned her about that, and really, it was that she doesn't think didn't think I'd be peppy enough, or that I had the right um, that I'm kind of cool enough to to do this. Um, so you know, you get feedback in all different places, but it was interesting because um, I solicited comments from her feedback from her about. Feedback, And she had some, we ended up having this very long and very interesting and robust conversation, which helped her to think about how she's going to be going off to college, how she would give feedback to professors in the future too, knowing how much impact that they can have on on somebody. So it was um, a nice way to reframe and rethink about this topic.
1: I think you're Mm -hmm. cool enough, Nancy. (laughs) That's right.
3: That's right. Yeah, Yeah. well, you know, she likes to remind me that I am of a different generation um, than than her and many of my colleagues. So,
1: (laughs) I do think that there is something about this newer, younger generation of students that are coming up that I just feel like they are so much more bold. I don't know if you all have that or not, but... I've just felt like people are are not ready to just sit and bend to sort of the authority of the professor. Not that I want them to necessarily, but there's just a lot more outspokenness in in sort of the feedback that we receive. Um, so maybe that's a good place to start: is student feedback, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. and the the new generation of students. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, yeah, I, I definitely could. would agree with that as well. I think the, um, uh, Audacity seems to come to mind, but may not necessarily be the word that I want to use. But, but um, I think today's students are a little more audacious, right? And I don't think, and I don't want that to be, you know, heard as something that's negative. But you know, they're taking charge of their learning, right? They're taking notice of you know, how, not just what the professors are teaching, but how they are teaching, yeah. how they relate to the content, um, how the content relates in real life, not just to the professions um, that they're entering into. And so I think that is something to pay attention to. And um, as hard as it is to receive at times, you know, the, it doesn't always fall nicely on the ears, um, but it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's definitely a, a, a new age of uh, student feedback. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and I think that may have something to do with the idea that people are um, empowered, you know, students are empowered in different ways than certainly uh, in my generation where we were, you know, the recipients of, of education, we were not active participants, but if we are suggesting that our students are active learning, they're in classroom learning with us, then then it makes sense that they would feel empowered to also uh, give feedback. I think one of the challenges is that students don't always know how to give feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is an art to giving feedback. And that might be something that we need to spend more time instructing our students on what is it and and, yeah, how how to give it, um, when is it appropriate to give it. But I think the biggest difference that I see is that students feel more comfortable giving it verbally um, I think, you know, always on course evaluations, you would get those like stinger kind of comments or, um, you know, throughout my 30 years, almost 30 years in academia. Um, but I think it's uh, people coming and saying, here's how you might want to teach, you know, this next week or next lab or this lab didn't work so well. Um, that's, a, I think, for me, a newer kind of way that students are giving feedback. I think that is so interesting because
0: I, Ryan, I don't know if this has been your experience, but I haven't really received that sort of more immediate feedback yet, like the the courses that I've taught students are still sort of just waiting to provide that feedback on the course eval, Um, although I solicit that at the usually the beginning of the next class. Um, definitely have done that with doctoral students to just say, okay, so this is what we did last week, what worked, what didn't work. Um, and most of the time, there's just, you know, the head nods and like, yeah, you know, that was fine. That was cool. Um, and then you learn otherwise on the eval. It's like, I asked <laughs> y'all about that so I could make the adjustments in real time. Um, so, but-
1: Yeah, I, I have recently had that the more immediate <laughs> happen. Um, And I think one student really did not like some of the resources that I brought to the class and was very clear and direct about not wanting to engage with those resources Um, and so. I think that was the first time though in this it was this last year um, that I think we I received that sort of come sat in my office and had a real talk with me and it was good I appreciated the, the commentary and sort of the discussion that we were able to have like. It's almost better because sometimes the the evaluations that you get at the end of the year, you're like, what does that mean that you said that
2: thing? Right.
1: <laughs> and oh. so we could we could actually talk about it in my office together um, and sort of talk through it. And I could offer some challenge while also hearing the feedback. Um, but at the same time, like I have never had that happen. I mean, I haven't taught that many years, but mm-hmm. um, even in the you know four or five that I've been teaching, I've I've only ever really received written. Feedback in the evaluations.
3: Yeah, I don't think it happens that often, and I think it's you know it's a handful of students that would feel comfortable, and sometimes it's people who have had experience teaching or other you know maybe uh, a different level of uh, personal experiences. Um, not typically the student coming directly from undergrad that would would feel comfortable giving that sort of direct feedback. But in some ways, like you said, Ryan, I think it can be very helpful because sometimes you get to the end of a course and it's like, I had no idea that people were feeling like that. And that feels pretty (laughs) awful after you put in so much energy. And I think that's that's part of the challenge um, often of, of that receiving feedback is that um, often it comes at the end of the semester when we're maybe a little more tired and a little more vulnerable. We put so much energy and effort into our, our teaching and then it can hit you really um, in a, a very vulnerable place. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think partly it's when do you, are you ready to hear the feedback
2: mm-hmm.
3: is something that I've really come to understand uh, for me um, because feedback should be an opportunity to learn about ourselves or our performance or our you know, manuscript or whatever it is. And sometimes that immediate see, like right after, you know, if you get a review back right away or something, it's just too close, it's too hard. And so I just have to make sure I'm sort of in my, in the right place to hear um, the feedback and then, you know, recognize what, what is it triggering in me? So it's really a lot about understanding yourself mm-hmm. uh, in the process, I think.
1: I think that was one of the first things that you told me the first time I got like my student vows back. You're like, you can wait to read them. <laughs> and, and I'm pretty sure I did, because I was like, I'm so nervous. And I know that some things didn't go well. And then when you, you when you read them, then it's like, okay, I'm in a good place. And you're like, bracing for those few mm-hmm. comments that are just biting. Um, But then sometimes it's like those sit with you the hardest and it's so frustrating, you know, because you don't want them to ruin your, (laughs) ruin the flavor of the whole thing. But those are the ones that draw your attention
2: the most.
3: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a really good book called Thanks for the Feedback um, by Stone and Heen, I think is uh, Sheila Heen. And uh, they talk about like, we have sort of our our baseline of how we kind of are like, um, are you a person that sort of tends to, you know, be more self-critical in general? And, you know, maybe that's the the people that will glom onto those negative rather than the, you know, 98% positive comments or neutral comments, but we tend to latch onto that one. Um, I can remember back Uh, and early in my teaching where somebody, I had some teaching assistants, it was a a large class, and so we broke into different groups, and I had teaching assistants in the groups, and I, you know, really tend to think of myself as a, as a respectful person, that's a value that I hold, you know, really dear, uh, and think about myself in that way, and one comment said something about that I was disrespectful to the TAs, and I just, I glommed onto that. I couldn't let go of it. I could still probably dig up that same sort of visceral reaction to it now, 20 years later. Um, it was just one of those. And I just, cause I didn't see it. I couldn't see it. And sometimes those comments actually are helpful and they help you see things. And sometimes you just have to say that was one person's experience. I don't know where they were coming from with it and I need to let it go. Um, mm-hmm because it wasn't a pattern, it wasn't a trend. Um, I did ask the TAs, you know, because I was like, really? Um, and they, they said, no, they never felt disrespected. And so, you know, sometimes you just have to let it go, but there was something about that that was just, oh, they didn't get me or something, you know, um, mm-hmm. that, that's mm-hmm. interesting about feedback.
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting too that you mentioned in the book, um, they relate it so much to the instructor's, um, I guess own perceptions, personality perception. even. Um, Cause I had also read like uh, an article from the teaching and higher ed journal um, authors that did a typology, right? <laughs> of factors that influence uh, the educator's perception of students' feedback and They called it shame, blame, um, tame and reframe. And it all sort of related back to what are your thoughts around feedback? Like, is it that you don't think you have any control over it? So it's like, well, whatever they say goes, whatever, you know, Um, or you blame it all on the students that, you know, it's all about their behaviors and everything. And it doesn't matter what you do, that they're going to rate you one way or the other. Um, Tame sort of related to, Uh, taking the feedback and just making sure whatever you did aligned to what the students preferred methods of learning and assessment were, um, or just reframing, you know, um, to say like, what is my What is my real relationship to the students here? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and how do I continue to foster an environment that's conducive to learning and building relationships? And in my head, I'll go like, well, shouldn't we all sort of function that in that reframe um space? But the reality of it is, is it's sort of like what both of you have already mentioned. Some of the feedback you get is so jarring and sometimes can feel like a personal assault. You know, it's like to say that you are disrespectful, like that's. That's a big deal, (laughs) you know. Like that's a that's a a judgment of your character, you know. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we can almost think about it as like like the phases of grief too. It's like we have these phases (laughs) of feedback acceptance and 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 going through that. It's I don't know. It's sort of triggering memories Mm -hmm. for me too of the first Mm -hmm. set of evaluations I got after teaching our occupational science course and and um had a student who said I was disrespectful um, to students in the class. And I'm just like, I, I challenge students, you know, that's not a secret, but I, I, I am not disrespectful. Right. Um, it's like, that's, that's just, that's not my character. But um, Antoine Belliard, who was my teaching mentor at the time, we had a very long conversation just about that one line. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, it was like an hour, I could not let it go. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, those are the ones that will stick with you for sure, mm-hmm. you know, and those other, like I said, 90 whatever percent of the comments that are generally positive, I probably they don't they don't stick. But that's sort of my personality. And there are other people who can just let those things go. It You know, it was one person, you know, that's just how they they respond to feedback. So mm-hmm. for uh, me, I envy you,
1: those people. So me, too. <laughs> me
3: too. Yeah. <laughs> The thing I think about, though, as a director is you know giving feedback to people. I, I try to think about how how do they receive it. Mm. So I know when the right time is also. Mm-hmm yeah so yeah. so
1: really if you're good. thinking about that sort of the strategies for giving feedback both for students and I guess for you as you're thinking about giving now I'm going to look for these strategies <laughs> as you <do> <laughs> 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 but you know what are the sort of the do's and don'ts that you might give to students as they're trying to fill out sort of those evaluations for professors but also like if we're giving colleagues feedback what what are the ways that we probably should approach that do you think
3: yeah, that's interesting. I think there's a, there is a difference because for students it, there there needs to be that anonymity, I think, um, for most students. Um, but like when I'm thinking about colleagues or even PhD students, I, I, I tend to think about, well, am I ready to sort of sit down um, mm. with you? Um, and it's not coming from a place of anger or frustration or things like that, but I'm sort of, I have that readiness and I'm kind of ready to put that problem in front of us and recognize that it's it's um, it's between us or between you and a, a context, right? It's not mm. just you, <laughs> that mm-hmm. you're the problem. Um, and I think, you know, I, I have to be ready to ask questions, to listen, to yes, hear you out, understand, like, what is the, the full situation? Because we often don't know the full situation, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, yeah, just acknowledging that, like, that you have strengths, you know, um, that's always a really important one. And I think that that fits with giving feedback to students, too, is that, you know, and most of us do that when we're grading a paper or something you talk about what they did well first um, because otherwise it can, and it can be perceived as very negative. And I had that experience um, fairly recently with a, a teaching assistant who their feedback didn't feel as as even handed or maybe as positive as the way I might phrase it. Um, but so anyway, sorry, got a little off topic there, but yeah, just I think in terms of giving uh, feedback is sort of thinking about um, you know, is there a way I could coach through that situation rather than sort of tell people how to, Mm. what they should do about it, um, Mm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just being vulnerable back, because feedback is, I mean, if you're only doing appreciative feedback, then it's not so vulnerable, although some people have a hard time hearing positive feedback too. Um, (laughs) But, you know, if you're saying something that might make somebody feel vulnerable, then I think I tend to share my own vulnerability back because mm-hmm. I've had some of those experiences too of difficult receiving difficult student feedback or um, yeah just some of the different situations that might occur in the workplace. So just, yeah, that vulnerability I think is important. Um, and then just thinking about like power dynamics that, that are involved in any kind of feedback situation is important to think about.
1: Yeah, so can you, you mentioned appreciative feedback, can you tell us a little bit more about what that is?
3: Yeah, when giving people positive feedback, I think people Mm -hmm. tend to think of feedback as negative, um, or, you know, perhaps constructive feedback, but Mm -hmm. just to tell somebody I really appreciated whatever they did, or however they were in that particular situation, and, you know, I think many of us are um, maybe perfectionist, or I don't know what the word is, but that we don't necessarily see those positive things or can take the time to stop and appreciate them. Mm-hmm. And I think that is important. Um, yeah, it makes
1: me think that, you know, like in the classroom or, or even just in general, like manuscripts and that sort of thing, we're always sort of looking for what's wrong yes. obviously to improve but it also sort of says that we're looking for a certain expectation that you need to meet as opposed to like giving people the flexibility to grow into whatever strength they have and then being able to notice that even if it's not what you're expecting you know or setting a standard for that student to meet or or you know even a manuscript to, that you're reviewing or something that you, you're able to not just find what's wrong with it, but really name something that surprised you or something that you really appreciated that they did because then it names sort of the the flexible standards that we can apply to things so that it's not just like, oh, you didn't meet my expectations and therefore
3: <laughs> there's exactly
1: all this constructive feedback.
3: <laughs> that's right, or that's three points off, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's just, um, it, it, just to say, I really like the way you tackled this, or I really like the way you expressed it here, or used great resources, or you know something that just is is some sort of appreciation. Um, you know, they talk about in this book. Thanks for the feedback. So appreciative feedback, um, coaching, sort of helping somebody improve, right? And then evaluation, which is probably what we respond. <laughs> The, the, it, that's the most challenging for us, like when you get your little quantitative score or the qualitative comments back, that's, those are the evaluative feedback mm-hmm. and, um, but they're all important and, you know, those are things that for our, us as instructors giving students or if you're in a management position or advising position to, to think about all three types mm-hmm. of, of feedback. Um, And then I think it's just really important. They also talk about like triggers. And so we've talked a little bit about them, but you know, the truth triggers, sometimes those are the ones that can be hard. It's like, what's the substance of it? Um, And sometimes there's truth to it, but sometimes it's like, well, no, they got it. I don't really think that they got it right. There is really no truth to that. And it's okay to, again, let that go. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's also the who triggers, like the relationship triggers, they call it. Like, who's giving you that feedback (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) can be Mm -hmm. really important to think about, too. Um, And not just how it's delivered or what the substance is, but the who, right? I mean, there are people that may, you have a different kind of a relationship. It's just harder to hear feedback from. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. And then the identity triggers, the Mm -hmm. ones that are about something about you and who you are. Um, either as a person or your race or your gender or your sexual orientation or whatever and stu- people will make comments and some of that feedback needs to be understood um, related to your identity and that can be very triggering
0: <laughs> yeah yeah Now that that's an interesting point because I I I guess not to question the ability of students to really understand that but to almost coach them right in some of this evaluative stuff about the impact of like these constellations of race and gender and other identities that actually influence how they evaluate us and for them to really pay attention to that so it doesn't um not not that it doesn't have impact because we know that it does, but at least that they have enough awareness to put it in check before they put pen to paper. Um, yes, exactly. um, because sometimes I think, I, I don't think students all understand the weight that evaluations have on us as well. Like when it comes to promotion um, yeah. and these other things, like these evaluations follow us too. Um, and so it's, it's not enough, uh, or it's not helpful rather to say, um, I'm just thinking about another uh, point of feedback that I got one time that I, I, I focus too much on black hair. Now, mind you, I had one example in an ADL module that we did in one course. We probably talked about it y'all less than 10 minutes. Right. <laughs> and this, of uh, uh, the entire semester, student pointed this one thing mm-hmm. out you know, forgetting the fact that I use the example how, you know, once I graduated, it was in patient rehab, realized I didn't know uh, the proper way to shave a man's face, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> nobody thought about that, you know, they picked out the black hair thing, you know, that's like, well, you know, if I, if I wasn't black or female, I had natural hair and all of that would that even been an issue. So, uh
2: It's not just students, though, (laughs) Like,
1: because I mean, just I I just recently posted on Instagram about this, like the feedback that I got at a recent Mm, conference. mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. and it was clear that once I think the, the practitioners who were in that conference recognized that I was a queer person and was using queer metaphors and things. Um, they sort of shut their brain off and only focused on the fact that they did not like me (laughs) and then proceeded to leave some feedback in the evaluation that spoke to that in a certain unhelpful and prejudiced way. (laughs) And so it's like, it's really frustrating for us as people receiving that feedback, but also it takes a lot of emotional work to sort of process through that and hold your boundaries and just really try and let it roll off you. But it's hard and it's really frustrating.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of emotional work. And I think, you know, asking yourself those questions, like what was, what is it triggering me? What, what is it making me feel? Um, and also then just realizing, well, sometimes we just have certain points or certain things that we think are really critical that we're trying to communicate and we just have to be ready, but we're gonna hear that feedback. Mm-hmm. and that's part of our hard work, right, that we need to do, um, and then just to, to let it go, obviously, it, it mattered to this person that they they probably learned something, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, that they didn't want to hear and didn't want to learn, and so it made enough of an impression that they wanted to write that feedback, and so maybe you've done your work then, and that is good work, <laughs> you know, Kate Kalia, you know, somebody's now going to think about black hair you know so maybe they were responding about like oh it was too much but oh well you know but that's hard it's hard to get to that place that's why i said i don't mm-hmm. read my course of house right away yeah. because <laughs> just too hard sometimes and yeah but i think just thinking about what is it that we're why are we responding so emotionally to it um mm-hmm. but people will say things like i i've had common not so much recently but in the past about how I dress, you know, or- What? Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> um, or how my hair was, or, um, you know, just things I think, oh, would that be on a, a, a male professor's evaluation? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. That seems very gendered to me. Um, just, just things like that, that then you have to sort of go, Okay, well, that's just the way it is. I had one person once said that I twirled my hair too much, and it was like, <laughs> okay, well, I, and now I do. I, I actually say in front of people that I do, t- I, need, I, I need fidgets in my hand. And so sometimes I might fidget with something in my hand, or maybe I might with my hair. That's who I am. And you know, you're gonna have to, yeah. Just that's
1: such great like modeling though even like for students if you do you say that in class and I do yeah I do. that's amazing I yeah, know that's great
3: yeah because I do I mean I have something in my hands right now I'm fiddling with something and <laughs> I guess that can be annoying to people but if they understand why you know you're doing that um again under for the students to understand for sort of our own diversities that we bring um, mm-hmm. to the class do you
1: have any funny um or like humorous, maybe um, just feedback that you've received or stories from feedback that students have written or, or colleagues or things.
3: Well, I'm not sure if was something that somebody wrote, but I will tell you at the beginning, you know, in my career, I think I wanted to be liked. And so mm-hmm. the comments were about my likability. I felt really good and like, oh, I'm sort of a popular <laughs> instructor or something <laughs> like that. And then I got to the point where I had a colleague who was teaching more of the adult physical disability content. And her feedback was always that um, she was challenging, but a little intimidating. And I thought, oh maybe I want to be more intimidating, like, I'll never, you know, will I ever get something that says I'm intimidating? <laughs> so, you know, just our own evolution as, mm-hmm. as people and instructors in terms of, like, if I get feedback that I challenge them, I, then I help them to think differently, I think, oh, well, that's, that's the feedback I want, right? Or, and also creating an environment where they feel comfortable, to share their thoughts and ideas. So I, I don't know. I just think it's kind of amusing to think about my own, my evolution and kind of what I hope to, to see in my, my feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I did get to, you know, that I challenge people, but I, I don't think I've ever gotten intimidating.
1: <laughs> so. I don't know that I would ever describe you as intimidating.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why I wanted that, I guess, you know, like why I thought that was, uh, something to aspire to.
0: <laughs> well, I think, I think it's a characteristics that that is often given to professors, right? That we're supposed to be these, you know, larger than life personalities that are, you know, super in the clouds, and, <laughs> right. um, you know, imparting wisdom like God on students or something. <laughs>
3: right, right, right. And then I thought about, well, you know, she's teaching more like, hard science you know physical disabilities and there's just more you know sort of right and wrong ways to do that and I'm te- I was teaching courses about children and play and you know so <laughs> I tried to like figure out like why I was getting that different kind of feedback and then I thought you know that's just who I am and that's I guess it's good if students can see that you know we bring our personalities to the classroom
1: yeah I think that was sort of a similar evolution for me um actually at UNC but before UNC, I taught at a different university for just a semester and I still remember one of the comments on that evaluation, they said that they were mad because the department was thought I was a god. <laughs> or something
2: oh, that's <laughs> and they were like
1: because I think it was because I just I taught right after I graduated and the the chair of the department was quite appreciative of me in a lot of ways <laughs> to the students and so it was just this weird critique of the department about me in my evaluation mm-hmm. that just sort of made me laugh but I was like I don't I don't know what to do with this. Right.
2: Right. right. Um,
1: But then once I got to UNC, I was sort of uh, as a, especially as a doc student, I was a lot closer in age and a lot closer in experience to the students that I was teaching. And so I definitely wanted to be that like cool, fun, young professor who they could relate to and engage with. Um, And I think I'm slowly losing that a little bit now that I think almost it's like, once I have my feet on the ground and, and some of my expertise, and saying like I do know this,
2: yes,
1: <laughs> um, then I sort of the 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 need for that affirmation just because of who I am and my personality. It's like actually I want it. I want the affirmation because of my expertise and the and mm-hmm. the, the classroom right. that I create for you, exactly. not not the. The personality that's at the front of the room making jokes and things, although I do still try and make it you know somewhat com- comedy filled.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to find that right balance for yourself, but uh, yeah, I think it's very common for sort of new instructors to be wanting to be well liked and you know almost to have that student adoration and, and things like that. And, um, and that's that, that's good. I mean, that's why we it's nice to have new faculty sometimes, they're sort of the hot person for a little while and and then yeah I think as as you're in academia your your goals change right in terms of what you think imparting or being an educator really entails Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if we could talk a little bit about feedback on manuscripts because sometimes that I think is yeah really
2: challenging <laughs> See, he goes, oh god yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i've been, you know just gone through um, a review with with ryan where um and I, and I think we may have shared this where we had one reviewer the there was literally a one one sentence review that was essentially a warning that we better be careful about what we were writing wow uh, and uh I don't think anybody on our on our team took kind to that comment and actually had a fairly lengthy response to it.
1: <laughs> um, but and it was a bit patronizing of a "be careful," yeah. like "be careful," as if we didn't know what we were writing was right. also somewhat political. Um, and it mm-hmm. was just like we we don't need this from you. Thank you. <laughs> right. Right.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But the carelessness I think that sometimes people go into um that sort of feedback with um uh, it's like if if it's not if it's not helpful yeah. to the scholars like just don't write it you know yeah. it, it it doesn't have to be a topic that you love um that's not why people are asked to review um your to provide your you know uh Expertise to evaluate the 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 content, the rigor, of trustworthiness, and all of that of the content. Not yes, I like the topic. I don't That's care right. if you like the topic or not.
3: <laughs> right. And will um, it make an important contribution? Right, right, right. What conversation does it
0: move forward? Like, does it engage anything that anybody cares about? Like the so what piece, right? right. Uh, but I don't know, sometimes, and we always, you know, we joke that it's always reviewer too, right? But there are just some people who, they take these opportunities to really, I don't know if it's, they're upset that they didn't write about it or whatever, or to just really, <laughs> <laughs> I think, squash Going, whatever yeah. discourse is happening in the profession mm. at the time. Like they really sort of have an agenda around that sort of thing. Um, but I, there, there even needs to be, I think, training on how to do reviews properly. I think so.
1: I think um,
0: so. I think it's a very, very, very much needed thing.
1: And actually, I will say, Nancy, I don't know if you've you've sort of implicitly done that with me at least, just because we've talked about this a little bit in our meetings, and you've just talked with me about how you do your reviews, and I I still remember it's surprising. You're like, yeah, when I do a review, you know, it takes me hours. It takes me like. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like what I've seen other people do is like, you know, just review it quickly, write some feedback, you know, and just send it on. That's sort of like an, uh, a quick review. But to hear that you took so much time and really looking at it, and it was like, that makes more sense to me and also is much more respectful to the to the authors mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So mm-hmm. maybe unpack why does it take you that long, do you think? And, and what are the things that you're doing in a review that makes it... Um, you know, yeah. feel good to review for you.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a document that I share with the doctoral students. So I, I've asked now editors, can I invite a doc student to co-review with me because yeah. they need yeah. to learn how to do it. And so, um, yeah, I think it's Wiley um, actually. It's a it's a very nice document, um, but it kind of walks you through the steps and I don't follow it exactly anymore, but, you know, typically I do a one through read through and I try not, Make myself not pick up a pen and make comments. Um, and so just get the general gist of what's this article about, um, and make and then I just write some notes to myself, like general things, and then I go through and sort of paragraph by paragraph <laughs> and write my comments in the margins or whatever. Um, and and then I try to write, yeah, the actual review. so it's like a three three pass kind of thing and often I'm looking up other sources like I don't know like (laughs) I don't know that particular piece so I need to look up that article or I need to know a little bit more about that philosopher that they're (laughs) they're citing or you know Mm -hmm. different things like that Um, and then I try to be as you know very clear about what I like what I thought was strong about the piece so I always start with that as sort of a beginning introduction to my review and then I literally go abstract you know uh introductions section by section and give feedback so they tend to be a little bit longer I try not to be as long as one time I got a, a 10 page single space review back on an article and I thought I don't even know how to digest this like
1: it's just <laughs> too an much. article in and of itself <laughs>
3: exactly and the editor you know said to me you should feel good about that because somebody took that much time to review mm, it, and, mm-hmm, but don't mm-hmm. be overwhelmed. And I was like completely overwhelmed by it. Yeah. Um, so I try to balance that, like what's gonna be helpful to the reviewer and not say you need to change this or you need, uh, you know, just giving really concrete kinds of feedback, um, This, you know, about clarity, about ideas, things like that. So um, I had a really good experience recently, was asked to do one for an open journal and where, it's not you. The review—it's not a blind review, and so they know who's reviewing, and I know who the authors were, and oh. it really went back and forth multiple times. Um, it was a lot of time for me, but I feel really good about. And the the authors were very appreciative, and you know, it's a really good article now, and mm-hmm. I feel really good about that. Um, but yeah, I think you know, I, I I just going back to receiving that feedback. Um, you know, I had one and I think I've told you both about it where I got, you know, and it was another one that was insinuating that I was disrespectful. And again, I, I know that's my trigger. Like when someone tells me that yeah. you're not being respectful of your um, of a population or participants, like, oh, that was really, really really hard for me to hear.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: took me a while to process, like I had to talk about it with multiple people and
1: like. Yeah, I um, think if you don't mind sharing what that one was about, I think it's a very real conversation that's happening in a lot yeah. of, just cause I think I know the one you're talking
3: about. <laughs> yeah, So it was, you know, um, a, a major OT journal and that typically uses person first language. And um, uh, in the autism community, there's a, a lot of push toward using autistic rather than person with autism and identity first language. And so um, in this piece that I submitted, um, I used identity first language. So we were using autistic throughout. And I had a, um, a, a footnote to explain why you know that language, uh, but the reviewer was very, very upset about it. I mean, really upset um, and yeah, use the words that was disrespectful and wanted to know um, uh, that I should only use that language if every single person in the study used that language themselves, um, which I've never seen anybody ask for that. Like nobody says, well, does all, do all your participants use person first language? So that was problematic to me, but I did go back through. I was like, I'm gonna go back through and like, um, and, and it wasn't everybody, but it was the majority. So I actually had like statistic to say I didn't submit that because I felt you know what that's not the point right (laughs) but if they came back and asked for that I I did have data to support why I was using it but um but I contacted the editor and just said like if that's a deal breaker I'll I'll, you know I'll take this elsewhere um Mm -hmm. because I wasn't going to change that that was something I felt strongly about um so yeah I think partly knowing how to receive that feedback and I I do understand how that might be problematic for somebody who also has strong feelings about person-first language. Um, and But just clarifying that this was not meant to be disrespectful in any way. And it wasn't written in a disrespectful way. I mean, I really went back and I was looking very carefully at all my language choices and, um, it's interesting, because that's also a piece that I presented at Autism Conference, and there were a lot of self-advocates there. and I was I used the the word um, autistic, uh, no, it's caregivers of, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember. but I said that because they were their adult child, adult child. Mm-hmm. And you know they asked me a question during the Q and a about, you know, that sounding disrespectful to use the word adult child. In, in response to the caregiver right it mm-hmm. was about caregivers and so I, I, I explained that 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 those are terms that my mother uses like that she has an adult child that's not related to infantilizing anybody mm-hmm. and so just having that dialogue was really helpful and they, they, they seemed satisfied um, with my response and we talk later so you know but just just how powerful language can be and um, giving people a chance to dialogue, um, as part of feedback is also really important. I
1: think. Yeah, and and I think it's yeah. also a great example of just sort of standing your ground on something that you feel, and with evidence and support and right. clear sort of connection to the participants of whatever project you were working on, you know, this was the way it needed to move forward. and. Right. Um, you know, sometimes the reviewers are wrong and that's okay.
2: <laughs> yes,
3: yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and yet at the same time, there were some other suggestions that that reviewer made that actually made the article stronger. And so mm-hmm. in my response, I, I tried to also highlight that. Like, thank you for that. You know, that was very helpful. Uh, we've incorporated that here, right? So, right. you know, trying to be uh, fair in my response to, to feedback as well. But mm-hmm. that's hard. I mean... Yeah, feedback is you know something we want and we crave, um, but it's also a major challenge as an yeah. academic, I think.
1: We want it until we get it. <laughs>
0: want
3: yeah. it until we get it. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. I just want to go back and just re-emphasize
0: this this mentoring around reviewing. Um, as somebody who has gone through that process with you, I still to this day review every single paper paper in the same way. Like that was so helpful to me. Um, as a doc student to walk through that process um, with you. And so for any, you know, educators that are listening, um, you know, I encourage you to adopt that as well and mm-hmm. uh, mentor doc students um, through the review process. Um, Cause that's been, oh gosh, almost 10 years ago, Nancy. <laughs> I know, I was
2: thinking about that. <laughs> um, and,
0: and I, I Use similar methods when I grade student papers now as well, and I really think it it has made me a thoughtful um, reviewer in 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 all regards. So um, just Mm -hmm. wanted to share my appreciation. Speaking of appreciative (laughs) feedback,
3: (laughs) yeah, Uh, I would just uh, encourage people to you know invite uh, with permission, of course, of the editor, you know, to invite doc students to participate in that process. It's um, Mm -hmm. really really important.
1: I think one thing um, Dr. Ruth Humphrey said to me one time was, and this is sort of what has influenced how I review papers, but um, she always said that she looks for major issues and then goes to minor issues. Um, so that if there are major issues, you don't need to worry about the minor <laughs> issues as right. much. Um, and so that's sort of the the process that I use is sort of like read through and look for, and I try not to line edit. I try not to do all of that stuff, but really just see if there's like any big issues that are like, ooh, they'd have to fix that first before they fix anything. Right. <laughs> um, right. And and then go into the deeper sort of line editing if it's if it's helpful, you know, to the to the process. But another thing that I love. That I'm really trying to do now is, if I say I need more of something, I need to give them an idea of where they can not have as much.
2: Yes, <laughs> yes. Because the oh.
1: word count, you know we're all at the word count when we say this. Yes, so, that's right. Like I always try, if I'm like, I need you to unpack this a little bit further, I think you can reduce this section. Like oh, I yes. always, I pair those together and try and offer something Listen, that's like synthesize I- here so that Ooh. you can add more here.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna it's thank you on team. behalf of all of the authors whose papers you review for that, <laughs> yes. y'all. It's like if you do not offer any other feedback, please do that. If you're asking people to add information, please suggest where they can cut. We we I all totally thank you. agree. <laughs>
1: yeah,
3: totally agree.
1: Yes. It's like yes. you know we are like cutting out single words to get to the word count. And you're gonna ask us to add that's more that's
3: right. <laughs> add more in the method section. Of course, I would have if yeah. I exactly. had another hundred words. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. <laughs> I think again, just when we think about you know feedback in general is 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 really just thinking about um, you know, why am I triggered by certain things, but then just trying to adopt that sort of growth mindset of, Mm -hmm. there's something I can learn here, Mm -hmm. maybe hard truths about myself, or it may be just (laughs) something about, I just need to learn to let go of of things.
2: Do you think that's, I mean,
1: are there any specific or particular sort of feedback, things that we would wanna talk about for practitioners, like either receiving from clients or receiving from colleagues, like, in a more like workplace setting yeah. that's not academia. I think a lot of what we've talked about is relevant um, and maybe the feedback arrives in a different medium. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but, you know, like how how, to resp- how do practitioners respond or give feedback um, in a professional setting? Are, are there any specific t- tips and tricks that you can think of other than what we've talked
2: about?
3: Yeah, um, I mean, one thing that I know was helpful to me was um, recording of sessions <laughs> mm. uh, so that I could uh, self-evaluate and give myself feedback but also having a mentor give some feedback on on sessions because mm. you know sometimes they were very you know particular things or just things I wasn't aware of that I was saying or doing um, it's very vulnerable it's really really hard um, and my the students who take seven my the therapeutic process course here and they evaluate they record themselves doing an evaluation know how vulnerable that is you <laughs> realize all sorts of things about yourself but I think that's a really good strategy um I think you know hearing client feedback can is most of the time we get positive feedback from our clients but every once in a while you know there's something that the client says that I think is be sometimes a little challenging to hear but just understanding where they are what story they're in
2: Mm -hmm. um,
3: and why they might be giving that particular feedback it may not be may not be particular about you but about the whole context and and again where they are in their 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 journey Mm -hmm. Um, I I will say I had one uh, family that I worked with um, that had twin boys uh, with autism um, and they were very they picked their team very carefully. And so I was on their team and I went to their house and everything and they would watch um, my sessions with the kids and then give me feedback. And sometimes that was really hard because it's like, well, I am a professional and I know, you know, your kid better than anybody else, but I don't know, just sometimes it was a little hard uh, to hear that feedback, especially as a sort of a younger practitioner. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's um, yeah sure. it,
1: it seems like dialogue is just a, a reoccurring trend here of just being willing to have that conversation and know your boundaries but also yes. hear and sort of incorporate what you can um, and sort of move it forward
3: yeah know, in whatever yeah.
1: growth oriented way that's possible mm-hmm. that's
3: right mm-hmm. yeah and they have the, the again in the thanks for your feedback they have a really nice gap, di- I think they call it the gap diagram, but it's about like, like who, what are my thoughts and feelings? What are my intentions uh, and what's my behavior? And what's the impact and, and what's the, the person, the other person's story, right? And so sort of figuring out like, how does what my, my intentions might be received in a different way that it has a different impact than I sort of think it might. So trying to like understand where the receiver or the person giving feedback is coming from, what's, mm-hmm. what's their story? Mm-hmm. Um, why might they be giving that feedback? But that's hard to do, you know, when you're yeah. feeling a little mm-hmm. emotional yourself. Um, but I think sometimes when I think about like students um, and some of the feedback that they give, like especially this past year, I think they've just have been feeling very vulnerable and very fragile. In general. And so there were just a few times this semester where I felt like it was really hard for them to hear feedback because they're just, they're just too exhausted and too fragile to hear anything else.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I guess a lot of this can also be applied to fieldwork educators um, and, you know, some of the feedback that they have to give to students. Absolutely. And, and students giving mm-hmm. feedback to their fieldwork educators and yes. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember as one moment that I will never forget. I, when, when I was doing, um, I was in fieldwork and I was doing transfers and for some reason at the end of a transfer I'd always go, whoo! Like I would make this noise <laughs> and be like "woo," um, and it was more of like in my head, like "oh, woo, we did it together, we finished that transfer," um, but I didn't say those words after the sound. Um, and my fieldwork educator was like, "You make it sound like you're like uh, like you're glad that it happened, and it was a lot of work for you." Right. <laughs> with just that little noise and I was like oh my gosh I didn't even realize um, you know that that little tiny bit of a noise was creating sort of a weird relationship between me and the transfer process (laughs) Um, and so it's just like even those small little things that that we have to learn along the way and now I'm very self-conscious about any of those little noises that I make (laughs) in certain situations um, but that, that's what made me think of fieldwork educators also are managing and, and providing feedback quite a bit between them
3: yeah and that's why I, that's a great story I think but I think also that's why it's important for students and, and uh, supervisors to have conversations about how do you like to receive feedback Do you want mm-hmm. it more immediately Is it better to wait till the end of the day? Um, I was listening to, I don't remember what podcast it was, but they were talking about how immediate feedback. You know, we tend to think about how important immediacy is, but there are times when immediate feedback is not helpful. Mm, (laughs) And so, kind of knowing who you're giving feedback to and and the context is, is kind of important too. But yeah, you know, it's making me think about how we probably do need to spend more time with students earlier on, not just in their professional development class, about feedback um Mm -hmm. and the different types of feedback and the context in which they will both give and receive feedback
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good point
3: yeah
1: i love a little like feedback profile
3: yeah (laughs) for for me
1: and for students like if students want to give me feedback here's my feedback profile um this is the ways that is helpful to me to receive feedback
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) right yeah right for the
1: evaluation here i only want positive feedback (laughs) now
2: yeah that's hilarious
3: and, but it's true, but but if you think about it, probably most of your course of vowels they are positive
0: mm-hmm. overwhelmingly
3: so overwhelmingly yeah. so yeah. Mm-hmm. and so we have to remember that we should read those <laughs> and share that and talk about it with with your colleagues about what went well um, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah, lift each other up and lift ourselves up
3: exactly mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. well, I guess. Um, Dr. Bagatelle, if you had one, I guess, final nugget of advice for, um, I'll, I'll say for educators, you know, because Ryan and I are, are still youngins in this thing. Um, <laughs> what, what, what one thing would you ask us to sort of hold on to as it pertains to um, receiving and processing student feedback?
3: Can I do more than one? Sure. <laughs> You're the boss. <laughs> I'm the boss. Um, I guess, you know, partly accepting that this, and this comes from the, the uh, Stone and Heen book, but, you know, accepting that you can't always control how other people see you
2: mm.
3: or how they perceive your work, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then I would also say that, you know, we're all works in progress. <laughs> And I've said that to you, Ryan, before. <laughs> you know, like I'm still learning every day and, you know, how I'm evolving and, you know, we're just works in progress. And so recognize that, you know, we're always going to make mistakes
2: mm-hmm.
3: and we're always going to be learning. So just, I guess, I guess bottom line is have a growth mindset. Yeah.
2: yeah and I, I think you that,
1: embody you. that every time we meet. To talk about teaching and mentorship and doing this thing we call academia. So I appreciate that.
3: <laughs> this beast of a thing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh,
1: yes. Beast of a thing.
0: Um, and might I add also modeling in the classroom um, mm-hmm. for us as well? I think there are a lot of people who, um, unfortunately, give this topic a lot of lip service. You know, they seem to say the right thing but, you know, they don't always demonstrate that in the classroom, and um, you, Dr. Bagatelle, obviously, um, demonstrate that in in the classroom. Um, Definitely a a good model for for us on what's a very um, constructive way to to do that so that we continue to build very inclusive and um, learning environments for, for our students. So, thank you for that.
3: Well, gee, thanks for that positive feedback. (laughs) It's great to get some appreciative feedback, you know? So I think that's something else that we want to remember is just, yeah, kindness in, in the way we give feedback is really important. Mm-hmm. so yeah well thank you for inviting me and i hope that this was um useful and that i was peppy enough i hope my will <laughs> yeah <laughs> listen i was
0: gonna say you know um when the episode drops you pass it but, along to genevieve yeah. and tell her we look forward to her feedback <laughs> that's right
3: <laughs> and you don't have
1: to be peppy you were great nonetheless even if oh, you man. weren't pe- i think you were pretty peppy though so
3: okay um, good good but you
1: don't have to be peppy to be on the <laughs> exactly
3: podcast. you know i have to embrace who i am exactly (laughs) that's right that's right right. well thank you you so
2: much and and we will see you all next time on dr thoughts